Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Zane. What do you get if you cross a dog and a lion? What? Well, you sure as heck won't be getting any mail. <laughs> what? Because your dog lion will eat the mailman. Okay. <laughs> My jokes are better than yours. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to the Floof and Papa podcast. My name is Taylor. And I'm Zane. Okay, don't let me introduce you. That's fine. No, don't introduce me. It's Zane. Producer (laughs) Zane is joining us today. Our regular host, Tom, has taken poorly. I won't tell you with what, it's gross, but so gross. producer Zane is going to be joining us this week. Hooray! Hooray! So I'm, I'm, I'm only going to be doing uh, breeds though. Just breeds. I'll just handle the rest so he doesn't get overwhelmed. Well, it's really hard looking for dog stories. It is. That is a true fact <laughs> that I can confirm. But also, yes, he's he's doing us a solid and he just he never does podcasts, you know? No, he never, never ever talks on podcasts. What happens? What do I do? So um we're just we're just gonna take it easy. Can you hear me? I don't know. You have the <laughs> headphones. I can hear me. Uh so I am going to tell you today a little bit about um the dog Eddie from the TV show Frasier. Aw. <laughs> Because I weirdly had a bit of a Frasier marathon over the like Christmas break. Weirdly. Weirdly. It was really weird because, okay, to be honest with you, the show has not aged that well. It's it's a little bit weird. I know. Who listens to radio, right? Uh, This is awkward. (laughs) No, but like the the concepts just haven't. It's just, oh, it's very weird. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, that's, that's not appropriate. For the society oh no. that we're living in. Oh no! What did he do? Oh, like Fra- there's one episode where Frasier takes a photo of the girl he's dating while she's sleeping, mm. and then like she gets upset and walks out. And I was like, "Good, good yeah. for you." But he's the protagonist, so you're meant to like laugh and feel sorry for him. And I was no. like, "No, I Kelsey don't Graham actually." Feel always sorry. come off as a little creepy. Kelsey Grammer is really creepy. I've seen him twice live in shows. And even then, still creepy. <laughs> Wait, was and, he playing a creepy character? Well, he was playing Hook. I saw him in Hook in Finding Neverland. Okay. Which he's meant to be a bit like. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw him in La Caja Fall. Oh. Which wasn't uh, creepy, but it was just. Yeah, it's not creepy. He's a straight man in that show. Not. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Anyway, he's and he's not always been traditionally kind to his lady partner. So anyway, that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about Moose. Who has always been notoriously nice to his lady partners. Yes. Yes. Good. So the dog that played Eddie on Frasier was named Moose. Um, he was succeeded in, uh, I believe, the year 2000 by his son, Enzo. So Aww. he had puppies, and then when he passed away, one of the puppies Aww. ended up playing, continuing to play Eddie on on Frasier. Really cute. Um, 
So he was born in Florida on Christmas Eve in 1990. He was the youngest and the biggest puppy in the litter. And once he went to his forever home, um, his antics proved to be too much for his original owners to handle. <laughs> so he was like a super energetic and super like full on puppy. And I just want to be an actor, you I just want to be an actor, you don't understand. And if you see him on Frasier, like he runs real fast <laughs> and like wiggles around a lot. Um, so he was surrendered is the word this person has chosen. He has surrendered. He was surrendered by his owners because he was so mischievous and had a habit of getting into trouble. He chased cats and he climbed trees. Ooh, which is not rarely particularly normal for dogs, really. Fear of dogs climbing, climbing trees. trees. And he's not, what is he? He's a Jack Russell Terrier. Yes. Yeah. He's a Jack Russell Terrier, which is not a huge, big, great honking dog. It's no. like pretty little fast. They are known dog. for their energy, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But still, up a tree is pretty, pretty impressive. Um, so he, he dug and he barked and he destroyed things. He was escaping, running away, ruining property. Bad dog. One time he got out and chased a neighbor's, uh, neighbor's horses, which was not good. Um, another time he got out and, and, and killed a neighbor's cat. Oh, moose. Moose, which was, which was not good. So they were like, Goodbye. Well, you're a bit we much can't, for us. We can't handle moose. We cannot handle you. Luckily, um, he ended up with, a, I'm going to say her name is Matilda, but it's spelled M-A-T-H-I-L-D-E. Mathilde. Yeah, sure. Mathilde. Mathilde. Uh, a Los Angeles dog trainer who worked for a show business animal company. She rescued him in the early 1990s, saving him from the pound or worse. Oh. That's when his luck changed. I don't know. I feel like Moose was pretty lucky before, just not his owners. Mm. He was chasing cats and horses. That sounds fun. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um, with training and a focused outlet for his energetic natural drives, Moose started to calm down. After only six months of training, he was cast on Frasier as retired policeman Marty Crane's dog. That was oh. pretty quick. Six months of training. He's just, just a super smart dog. He's super smart. You know, it's like those really naughty kids in class that are actually really intelligent. They just need like their energy focused. It was me. Was that you? I wasn't naughty. I would just distract the teacher. Yeah, I feel uh, you mm. were like too intelligent for what was occurring. So you're like, I'm just going to distract everyone because I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you remembering? I'm just remembering uh, when I told my teachers that that's what I was doing to them in grade 12 and then they didn't like me anymore. They were like... You've been manipulating us. <laughs> For four years. But you're a student. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Moose had the ability to fix Kelsey Grammer with an unwavering stare, which then became a running gag on the sitcom, <laughs> which is pretty great because I thought that was something they like taught him how to do, but it seems yeah, like yeah. he was just doing that anyway. <laughs> he brought that to the he, role. Yeah, he brought it, mm. which is very good. A lot of dogs don't really bring a whole lot of their own gags. Um when Moose had to lick one of his co-stars, sardine oil was slathered on the actor and Marty Crane told the, uh, the actor, John Mahoney, told the press that sometimes liver pate was dabbed behind the actor's ears to achieve the required response. Aw. I think Ew. sardine oil is super gross. That's gross. But also liver pate is not much better. I think pate is easier to clean off than Probably. oil. Sardine oil, you're probably going to smell like that for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the actors on Frasier all raved about Moose's professionalism. Mahoney was once quoted as saying the dog was like a robot, that he was a consummate professional who worked hard at learning his part and doing it well. Um, during the height of Frasier's popularity, Moose received more fan mail than any of his human counterparts. Aww. So people really liked he writing He deserves to him. it. I agree. 
1994, Kelsey Grammer won an Emmy for Best Actor. In his acceptance speech, he acknowledged the canine character Eddie's contribution to the show <laughs> and said, most importantly, Moose, this is for you. Which Aww. is very nice because to my knowledge, there's no Emmy Award for, for dog best actors. Dog. For best dog, yeah. Um, I did read a-, a It's because they're all the best dog. Uh-huh. It's too hard to pick one. Um, I did read that uh, in a separate article, not this one though, that um, he did used to bite John Mahoney quite a bit though. Like he would just be like, I'm just going to bite you now. It's because he was covered in sardine oil. Yeah, also that probably. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he actually has his own um, biography. It's called like My Life as a Dog. A whole book? Yep. Who wrote it? Well, it was written by, it says, by Moose, also known as Eddie, My Life as a Dog with Brian Norsgrave or Musgrave or okay, something. Okay, so he had a, had a writer. Uh, with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with Brian Hargrave, there you go. I wonder exactly how many words Moose Moose uh, contributed that probably some like books, woof. yeah, and a wolf, yeah. So anyway, that's that's the main uh, situation. So, um, his son Enzo, who resembled Moose closely, played the younger um, Skip in a film with Frankie Muniz and Kevin Bacon. What the My Dog Skip. Apparently is the name of the movie. He played Skip and yeah. his son played the young Skip. And then later Enzo, his son, played played Moose and he retired because eventually he got a bit too old to do his tricks and he was like sitting oh. there and had to, he got a bit grey. So they had to keep putting like makeup on his grey spots <laughs> so he didn't look too old. Which I don't know why. Like surely time is prog- – like the yeah, kid that played like- – um, what's his name? Freddie, Frasier's son, yeah. like got older. So why – the dog could also get older. But anyway, apparently not. Dogs never age. Look, Moose was just very, very vain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Moose was like, I would rather my son go on than me. <laughs> I'm too ugly to perform too- anymore. <laughs> well, the show ran for like 11 seasons, mm. which is a long time if you're a dog. It's yeah. a long time if you're a human. That's a pretty long show. But yeah, eventually got to a point where they were like, he can't do it no more. Oh, poor Moose. But yeah, he, he passed away in 2006. He was 16. That's a pretty long life yeah. for a dog. Yeah, so I just I thought I would bring a little bit of my Christmas holidays, my Fraser, which I've now stopped. I stopped about halfway through because I was getting a bit like mm. Mm, so much whine and pretentiousness. Yeah, and they I just like out of everyone, I really hate the character Fraser. Yeah, it's really hard to watch a show where you hate the protagonist. I mean, anyway, just don't watch Ed it. Eddie's good. Maybe yeah. I'll just fast forward and just watch all the edits. <laughs> So anyway, there you go. There's another little biography of a little film film doggo star. Oh, I want moose. I want a moose. Okay. I get you one. Good. Seeing as your cat isn't here today. Oh, my God. She I've is here. I've been here for like a full, what, like nearly half an hour now and there's no Nick. And she today. hasn't come to say hello. She hasn't hello. come to say hello and I'm just incredibly insulted. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anyway. Have you got a dog breed for us today, Producer Zane? I do. I picked this one for the name because they have a very interesting name. They're called the Peruvian Inca Orchid. That sounds like a flower. It Well, yes, because an orchid is a flower, but they are or a they're, they're a kind of, they're a very ancient breed, uh, a kind of hairless dog um, native to South America in a Peru specifically. A dog. Yeah. Cool. So uh, they're thought to have originated with pre-Inca cultures um, and there are several different kinds. So they range in size from small to large. 
So the smallest can be 25 centimetres tall and the largest can be 65 centimetres tall. Wow, that is a range. And so kind of like Chinese crested, uh, the hairless variety is totally hairless except for like a mohawk. (laughs) <laughs> on top. I just searched them. They're really cute. <laughs> and they're known to have dark skin. Yeah, um, they do. Except for the very first one that popped up on Google Images. The very first one is like white as, and then all the rest are really dark. <laughs> Who knows why? So the breed standard, the most important aspect of its appearance is its hairlessness. Um, the dog may have short hair on the top of its head, on its feet, and on the tip of its tail. Um, in Peru, the breeders tend to prefer the completely hairless dog, um, and the full coated variety is disqualified from confirmation showing. So, oh. so only the hairless variety is shown, as in like shown at like dog, dog shows. shows, right? Yep. So if it's got any hair on it, yeah, disqualified, DQ'd. So the color of the skin can be chocolate brown, elephant gray, copper, or mottled. Yeah, the mottled ones are real cute. <laughs> I like the little dark ones, though. They look like they've just spent too much time out in the sun. Yes. They look like just somebody baked them a little bit too long. <laughs> They're so cute. Uh, so they can be totally one colour or one colour with uh, tongue pink spots. Um, albinism does occur, but, again, is not allowed to be shown. So it's not accepted mm-hmm. by in, mm-hmm. the, in the breed. Yep, yep. What have you. Um, eye color is linked to skin color. And oh, it's, really? Uh, it's always brown, but dogs with light colors can have clearer eyes than darker skinned dogs. Oh. So it's always brown, but it can be dark brown or light brown. That's cute. So the dog should be slim and elegant with it an impression. Be slim and elegant. With an impression of force and harmony. Force uh, and harmony? Yeah. Uh, so they, their ears should be candle flame shaped. Uh, and erect with the possibility to lay flat. That's very specific. It's very specific. Candle flame shaped. Yeah. And so ideally at withers, um, the height at withers and the withers to base of tail should be exactly the same if they're so, pr- correctly proportioned. Like flat that yes. way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we we've talked about dogs that have like higher hips than shoulders. Yes, but their tail should be the length of their forearms or the forelegs. This is very specific. Very specific. So this very is specific. for like the ideal Peruvian Inca orchid. Yes. Right. Okay. But if you are going to adopt one, uh, the hairless dogs are affectionate with family but are wary of strangers. Uh, okay. So they're typically very lively and alert and friendly with other dogs but can be protective as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're agile and fast and the dogs don't like to be alone. Oh, uh, really? But they can be trained um, and can do very well in training. Um, the dogs are pretty intolerant of extreme temperatures because, again, they don't have the fur. They don't have the fur to regulate, help regulate their heat. Yeah. And they require an owner that understands dog language and Probably not recommended for beginners. Yeah. So yeah. if you're like wanting a family dog that you can just like leave at home all day while you're at work, that's not really going to happen Correct. for them because yeah. they're going to get really anxious. And, and they do need to be trained. And they need to be trained, yeah. yeah. And they hate strangers. So anytime there's going to be like a mailman or. Well, they don't hate strangers, but they can, they can be very be protective. Dis- okay, right. Yep, yeah. Yep. So again, uh, because they have no hair, some of the, they can have some skin issues and cleaning their skin also needs to be taken care of. Is it very hot in Peru? Well, they're almost equatorial. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you'd have to be careful that they don't overheat, I would imagine. Yeah, well, I guess that's why they lost their hair because it was so warm there. They didn't need it at all. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so like all breeds, there are some health problems. Um, known problems with the Inca orchid are IBD and seizures, stroke and skin lesions. Uh, so they're very sensitive to toxins and care should be taken using like insecticides around them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that always stresses me out. Like when when we have a fly at home and my housemates like yeah. spreading everywhere, I'm like, ah, watch out for the cats, because I'm just they get into everything. So I'm always like stressed they're gonna. Yeah. So I try never to use stuff like that unless I have to. Yeah, absolutely. Because because an insecticide is a poison. Yeah. 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 Especially around like their food or their their food containers. Yep. No, for sure. Um, and, and so they're quite susceptible to toxins mm-hmm. because they have such low body fat. Yeah. So they, yep. the, the toxins to go straight it. into their yep. system. So they are thought to be an ancient breed and often perceived to be an Incan dog uh, because it's known to have been kept during the Inca Empire. Uh, they're also kept as pets in pre-Inca cultures from the Peruvian coastal zone. And there are ceramic dogs um, from the Chimu, Mochi and Vicus culture uh, well-known and documented. Um, so the depictions of the hairless dogs appear around 750 AD Whoa, on Mochi vessels. that is early. Wowee. So they they are an, an, an ancient dog from Peru. How cool. And they, they do look super cute. Uh, I, I particularly love the ones with the mohawks. I, I do love the mohawk ones. <laughs> I also like the puppies. Have you seen any of the little puppies? They're yes, all like yeah, wrinkly. Yeah, yeah. They haven't grown into their skin yet. It's so cute. Oh, my God. And oh that's that's God. the Inca hairless dog or the Peruvian so Inca orchid. Cute. So they have they like pretty much always been hairless. Yes. Yeah, so they they've always had the hairless to and haired varieties. Yeah. But at the moment, um, the ha- the hairless dogs are more favoured. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Aw, this. They're really cute. <laughs> but the, all the photos, they're like, some of them are lying and they're like, hello, how can I help you? <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. I so would not have found that dog for like a very long time. So thank you for bringing that dog You're in welcome. today. So they, they kind of look like a big version of a foxhound, of like a miniature yeah, foxy. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, for you sure. you removed all the hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that would make it easier to groom, I guess, because there's nothing really to... Great. Yeah, you just got to wash them every now and then. Got to wash them so they don't get dirty. Oh, cool. All right. Well, for my tip and trick today, I was going to talk about a separation anxiety, which you said is something that the Inca orchid has a little bit of yeah, a little bit of issues with. So I I do know a couple of dogs that like suffer from separation anxiety. I know a couple of owners that suffer from separation <laughs> anxiety. Um. But yeah, so there's a couple of common symptoms so you can sort of work out if if that might be something your dog's going through. And then there's a couple of tips to help them get through it. So um, urination or going to the bathroom when left alone or separated. So sometimes if they're not going where they should be going or, you know, doing something um, unusual for them, they, they might be going through some separation anxiety if you're coming home and finding mess about the house. Mm. Um, barking and howling is a really obvious sign of a dog that has separation anxiety. They might start to bark when left alone or when separated. Um, 
it's persistent and it's not triggered by anything except being left alone. So it's not like yes, yeah, barking at something in the yard while nobody's home. It's like they start barking, because they don't stop. Yeah, yeah. It's because persistent. they're bored mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and anxious. Which my parents always used to be really careful with our dogs and like ask the neighbors and be like, if you're home and you hear our dog barking a lot, can you let us know so that we know she's yeah okay? Yeah. Um, chewing, digging, and destruction. So if they get really bored and they're really stressed that there's nobody home, they'll start to chew on objects, door frames, windowsills. They'll dig at doorways, destroy objects, all that kind of Stop stuff. Stop eating the doors. Stop eating my door frames. Um, they can result in self-injury such as broken teeth, scraped paws, damaged nails, which is really not good mm. as well as not great for your house, but it is not good for your puppy either. Um, escaping. Uh, Zola has had this happen from time to time. A dog with separation anxiety might try escaping from an area when they're confined or left alone. The dog might attempt to dig and chew through doors or windows or fences, Zola, um, which mm. could result in injury again. Um, slash, if they get out, yeah, that's a big problem. Um, pacing. Some dogs walk or trot along a specific path in a fixed pattern when left alone or separated from their guardians. Some pacing dogs move around in circular patterns while others walk back and forth in straight lines. If a dog's pacing behavior is caused by separation anxiety, it doesn't occur when the guardian is present. I don't really know how you catch that one because there's not really any evidence, but I can't imagine it's particularly good for them. Well, I mean, if they're destroying things when you're not there, yeah, then that all, like you said, making a mess. Or if you have neighbors... That can let you know that something's going on. Something weird's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then there's a lovely fun word that I don't know if I know how to pronounce. Coprophagia. Coprophagia? Coprophagia. Coprophagia? When left alone. Can you spell it? (laughs) When left alone or separated from their guardians, some dogs um, defecate and then consume all or some of their excrement. Oh, coprophagia. Which is lovely, isn't it? Mm. Um, So if they're doing that, Probably doesn't do that when you're home. That's probably a separation thing. So some things you can do to help them. If they have a mild case of separation anxiety, counterconditioning might help your problem. So counterconditioning is a treatment process that changes an animal's fearful, anxious, or aggressive reaction um, to a pleasant or relaxed one instead. Hmm. It's done by associating the sight or presence of a feared or disliked person, animal, place, or situation with something really good, something the dog loves. So over time, the dog learns that whatever the f- whatever he fears actually predicts good things for him. So dogs with separation anxiety, counterconditioning focuses on developing an association between being alone and good things like delicious food. So to develop this kind of association, every time you leave the house, um, you can offer your dog a puzzle toy stuffed with food that will take him at least 20 to 30 minutes to finish. So something like a Kong with, you know, peanut butter yeah, stuffed, or stuffed, with, stuffed with treats and stuff like that. Obviously, you want to be careful that you're not going to like get them, make them fat or give yes, them too many yeah. treats. But giving them something to do, especially that's a puzzle, um, can really help. Um, they also say like when you freeze it, if you can freeze it, that'll take them even longer. So if it's a hot day, if it's frozen, it'll take them longer to melt and move around. So that helps as well. Um, be sure to remove the toys when you get home so that your dog sort of knows that that's a special thing for when they're home alone and that's a good thing that's going to happen when you're not there. So they've got something else to focus yeah, on yeah, and they know it's a, a happy thing to have. Um 
Treatment for moderate to severe separation anxiety, however, requires a little bit more complex desensitization. Um, in these cases, it's crucial to do it gradually, to accustom them to being alone by starting with short separations to gradually increasing the duration that you're going to be away. So yeah. I know a lot of people do this with puppies. You know, you have a puppy, you've been with them every single day for yeah, three yeah. or four weeks. You have to go back to work. Um, so you start with sort of short trips out yeah. to the grocery store, come back, longer trip out, maybe go for lunch, come back so that they know you're going to come back every time, even if it's a short or long period of time. Um, so it can be really tricky to do. Fear must be avoided or the procedure will backfire and the dog will get more frightened. Um, because it must progress and change according to the, your dog's reactions, um, desensitization and counter conditioning, this website says, require the guidance of a trained and experienced professional. So if you have a dog that's really freaking out, that's exhibiting a lot of these behaviors, um, you might want to get somebody in to help. Yeah. yeah. If you can. Um, if not, obviously, just be really careful with your dog. And you can always do things like, get people to help. Like I do know somebody that will leave their dog with her grandparents during the day because the separate, like still a young puppy and yeah, the yeah. anxiety is still a little bit much. Um, yeah. So there's all oh, this website is really detailed. So if you're having a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of issues, then come onto this website here and have a look. Um, but yeah, there's a, that's a couple of, um, ways to deal with separation anxiety and a couple of things that might indicate separation anxiety. Um, so always just be aware of your dog's behavior and, and have a think about what's going on when you get home, after, yeah. especially after a long period of time. Because if, if you're starting to notice a pattern of like destroyed belongings or they've been really misbehaving, they might be having some of those, um, those problems there. And that's not what you want. No, because no, no, it just no. means that they're scared. Yeah, and it's it's not too difficult to solve if you just put a little bit of kind of thought and action into it every day so that they're yeah. working towards not being so scared every time you leave the house. So there you go. This is a, it's like literally such a long website, so I won't go through all of it, but it'll be linked in the show notes below. So um, if you're worried that might be your pupper, have a, have a little look. And make them feel better. Yeah. Everybody wants to feel better. <laughs> oh, all right. That's it. I think that's it. Goodbye. That's another episode. Oh, okay. Um, if you want to find us on social media, I had such a good streak at the start of this year. I was posting every single day and then I got a little bit lax. But I did <laughs> post the other day. There's some really cute puppies up there. Um, so go have a look. And in the background, you can hear my Nana going, they're troubled. They're trouble, trouble, trouble. It was just like the funniest thing ever. Are they talking about dogs? About dogs. My Nana's like <laughs> looking at these puppies and she's like, mm-mm, they're trouble. No, not those ones. Oh, so... And my mum was like, look at that one. My <laughs> nan is like, no, it's really funny. So go have a look at that. Um, we're on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Um, if you search floof, L, no, F-L-O-O-F and P-U-P-P-E-R. I get a lot of people that I try and say that to them and they're like, I don't know what words you said. So um, hopefully if you found the podcast, you can find our name, but otherwise that's how you spell it. Um, search us. We're on all those platforms for you to have a look and get in touch. We'd love to hear from you or see pictures of your doggo any, any, any time. Um, and thanks thanks for listening Anytime. today. Every time. Thanks for um, having us, Zane, and, and being on the You're show. You're welcome. Get well soon, Tom. Get well soon, Tom. Don't die. I hope, um, that Lupin is giving you lots of cuddles 
in a helpful and not painful way. I bet he is. I bet he is. Yeah, Lupin looks like a cuddly dog. Lupin's so cute. <laughs> I want to go meet him. Anyway, I you might can't. go do His that. His ears are too big. You couldn't they handle it. really big. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Thanks for listening, everyone. Book, book, goodbye. Book, book, goodbye. Can a song just objectively be bad? Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't learn from it. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm James Keogh. And on our new podcast, My Songs Suck, we talk to writers and musicians who share with us some of their earlier, less good content and reflect on how far they've come. If you want to get in on the fun, head to That's Not Canon Productions or find us on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcatcher you use. My Songs Suck, because everyone makes mistakes. Just make sure you record them. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.